Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of On the Horizon. I'm your host, Andy Whiteside. I'm here with Eric Collette. Eric, how's it going? Very good. How the world of VMware treating you these days? It's uh, it's very sparkly. There's a lot of movement, a lot of change. I, I see big things on the horizon. Whoa. Oh, that was a pun. Is that a pun? That, was, that wasn't intentional, but I will take it. I will yeah. claim it. That's an easy one. The On the Horizon, <laughs> man, that's an e- easy one to to sneak in there every once in a while. Uh, I do think that I'm seeing a lot of uptick from people talking about you guys on the end user compute side of things, whether it's anything from antivirus to, you know, the networking capabilities you guys now have, and um, even things around virtual desktops. Um, uh, sounds like you guys are making some waves. Yeah, there's a lot of motion around that anywhere workspace piece. I think we brought it up a few times ago, but uh, anywhere workspace is really making a lot of noise. See it happening. Well, and the world needs it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, we've changed. Everything has changed. It's not really what we wanted, but it's what we have. <laughs> you know, not what we wanted, but it's certainly something that um, we're somewhat prepared for. I think, in large degree, yeah. we were prepared for, and uh, it's accelerating what needed to happen anyway. It's. Um, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, totally. Maybe this comes off very wrong, but I'm going to try. It's, it's like having an old you know, roach-infested house that really just needs to burn down, and you got lucky and lightning struck it, and so now we get to now we get to go deal with the damage of it, and but also build a new. Build it from a better foundation. I totally agree. Yep. I mean, just, just what you said about uh, things moving in the right direction. They were going this direction anyway. This sped it along. Uh, people working from home is much more common than it ever has been, and it's now widely accepted, yeah. whereas it was not exactly before. And for a lot of people, it'll probably never go away. Yeah. Oh, guaranteed. Guaranteed. So I was the guy that used to drive by, you know, cities that were growing, especially here in the South, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, Charlotte, North Carolina, Raleigh, North Carolina, Greenville, South Carolina, uh, Atlanta for the last decade or five. Uh, and you see all these skyscrapers going up and you're going, well, I, I don't quite understand what I'm telling people is you don't have to go to the office anymore. But yet I see people investing in in these big commercial buildings. Um, I always questioned it, and I think this is going to cause us to highlight the fact that um, that that real estate they kept going up in value, and I think that's the reason why companies would build these big towers because they know they could get rent for it, and the value is going to go up. I am I am now convinced that that was the the wrong thing to do at the time, and I'm really concerned about what the economy's future looks like when a bunch of those buildings sit empty in these big downtown areas. Very, very good point. I mean, we saw a max, mass exodus from a lot of these really densely populated cities and locations and people yeah. going out into the suburbs. So, yeah, you're you're right. I think the only thing that really is going to save that scenario is the fact that most Generation Z people, a lot of them, uh, like to live in these areas where there's a lot to do and a lot going on. And uh, my wife and I went walking in a place called South End of Charlotte the other day on a Saturday afternoon. And man, there was so much going on and you, it made you want to live there. And I think uh, like my parents and, and probably us, we like our, you know, half acre lot with uh, with wooded backyards and that stuff. But I don't think the next generation cares. They want to they want to be where they can walk out their door and stumble their way into a, a brewery uh, at two o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday. Absolutely. I mean, who wouldn't? But but at the same time, it's true. And there's a there's a balance between the two. 
I went to a comedy show and I went and uh, browsed the city for a while this weekend and it was a blast, but I was very grateful to come home, sit in the suburbs in a nice quiet place and, mm-hmm. you know, sleep well in a quiet bed. Yeah. yeah I, I'm that guy. I want both, right? I want a place mm-hmm. in the ocean. I want a place in the mountains. I want a place in the suburbs and I want that, I want that trendy place in the, whatever the heart yeah. of the downtown area is. I want it five minutes away from each other too. Yeah. Just, just, just get, if we can work that out, you know, teleportation, all that stuff. Let's work that out. Yeah. I'm not asking for much. It's about a, a minimum million and a half in real estate. That's not much. All right. So let's talk about this uh, blog by Gabe Knuth on August 5th of this month, uh, this year. Uh, the title of it is Horizon Universal Broker and Multi-Cloud Assignments, Keys to Success with VMware Horizon. I think I know what this is going to talk about and what we're going to go through here, but help me understand what Gabe's setting us up for here in the introduction. Well, he is just telling us that there's a newer or new easier way to handle multi-cloud when it comes to virtual desktop. And it's it's all about uh, streamlining the imaging process, streamlining the application delivery process. Because we have access to the cloud, we can stick a whole bunch of stuff up there now and then deliver it from a single source to multiple spaces. Mm-hmm. That's really what he's setting it up for. So is this mostly focused on virtualizing desktops and apps from multiple cloud scenarios? It's uh, uh, it's it's basically minimizing the amount of effort that it takes to create an image and then deliver that image to multiple clouds oh. and then make that, that uh, experience universal for multiple uh, users, whoever is trying to get to access to a virtual desktop. Okay. So his next uh, section is titled Brokering Simplified. Um, kind of help me walk me through what uh, what he's trying to get across to the reader. Yeah, absolutely. This uh, when you what we intend to do, what I, we're still in, like I would say, version one of the product. And we, I'm sure that there are more features that are going to be more elastically built out of this. But when it comes down to it, we have this horizon control plane which is where we put our images, we put our applications, and we even manage uh, connections through this system. And then it delivers that image out to each of these multiple clouds. And uh, you can see that Horizon Cloud on on Microsoft Azure is one of the the premier ones that we have supporting this this cloud pod architecture approach. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not necessarily you know, or it didn't support the cloud pod architecture at first, but now it does. And now we can deliver that image up to this this brokering system and it will push it out to the different locations. And then when a user logs in, they basically hit that universal broker. It will by policy determine where to send that individual, which cloud, whether on-premise or off-premise. So, so Eric, is this actually saying that the the image itself, not just the brokering of the user, but the image itself is centralized and then pushed to the various cloud provider of choice at the, at uh, either ahead of time or at the moment? Uh, it, it is ahead of time, but yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, we build the image once, and because it's going onto a platform that is pretty much universal, it's delivered to each one of those different locations, public or private clouds. And then when a user connects to it, it says, oh, this person is associated with this particular 
desktop pool. And mm -hmm. it spins up that image that's been sent around, regardless of which cloud they end up on. So um, are, is this limited to persistent images or can it be completely random pooled images? It can be, I mean, I would say anything that, that works with the just-in-time management platform, what, mm -hmm. uh, you know, based on instant clones, that's the functionality that we're looking for. So it could be either persistent or it could be this instant clone approach. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say minimizing it down to a single image makes a lot of sense to, to streamline the IT activities on it. Eric, does this require the uh, the VMware uh, solution running on top of one of these clouds, or can it be cloud native? Uh, it will be with VMware's infrastructure on top of it. Okay. I, I dare say that this may change in the future, and I will put a, a TM next to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, in theory, that's the beauty of the, the VMware solution, having uh, the ability to deploy on top of bare metal cloud solutions, as crazy as that sounds. And then to have this ubiquitous layer across multiple data centers, multiple geographies, multiple companies, all simultaneously. Um, I love the idea that from a business perspective, I may be running VMware on top of Azure. I may be running it on top of AWS. I may be running on top of Google. I may be running on top of all three simultaneously. And if someone wants to, uh, you know, raise their rates on me, uh, I just, you know, spin up more in the other guys and, and minimize my footprint on print on the one that went up in price. Exactly. Exactly. You, you basically do cloud shopping at that point. Right. And maybe... Hardware gets really cheap to the point where you buy a whole bunch of hardware and you'd run it on premise for a little bit. Yeah, right. Little infrastructure overhead, but when it comes down to it, you know, you go with what the best price is for the time. Right. You control your destiny. That it's like, you yeah. know, it's like Charmin toilet paper. I buy it at Costco. I buy it at Walmart. I buy it at my grocery store. Sometimes I buy it at the, you know, the uh, the the local drugstore if they've got a good price on it. Yeah. Yep. And when it's out of stock, you can find it somewhere. You can find it even at a hardware store. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, there was Enjoy this one time go. during the pandemic where you could not find it, but yes, I, for the most part, you were right on a normal, on a normal life in a normal world. We, I, I did buy um, like a RV toilet paper from the hardware store during the pandemic. That was, that was quite the, uh, quite uh, the um, experience. A, a don't don't recommend it by the way. Akin to sandpaper, that stuff. No, <laughs> no, it wasn't like sandpaper, but uh, it didn't hold up very well to the process. I'll leave it. That's like that. that's true. The, the thousand ply, the thousand yeah. sheets. No. Yeah. <laughs> so this next uh, section here says top down approach uh, to universal brokering and multi cloud assignments, collectively referred to as universal broker. First, uh, first bullet is simplified management through the ability to make one assignment for all environments. That's does that mean like one image, one assignment. And I think you've kind of touched on that a little bit. Yeah. Exactly. One image can go out there and it can be delivered to all the different locations mm -hmm. just, yeah, for functionality's sake. And then uh, support for all Horizon control planes, connected environments, including Horizon Cloud on Azure and those currently running the cloud pod architecture. So is, is, it, is it truly limited to Azure at the moment or AWS and everybody's good to go as well? Everybody who supports CloudPod. Now, Azure right. did not for some time, and yeah. now that's all been set up, and, and it's now direct. So now it's in addition to Azure. Yeah. You know, Eric, I'm just going to pause for a second. This is an interesting concept here. I don't know if very many players 
are going to be able to do this. Uh, you know, think about some of your competitors like Citrix. They won't have they won't have that play because of the Zen server limitations. It just never never got to this level of uh, integration with other places. Um, I guess Nutanix with Citrix or Nutanix and Frame, but Frame's a whole another conversation. I mean, this really does set you guys up to be a, a provider for the future in clouds, plural. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and I mean, we're talking the the centralized smart broker that piece. Yeah, yeah. The the when it comes just having a single location that is so you don't need to have global server load balancing in place across the globe, of course. Uh, And then you have it managed by policy associated with the user. So there's that layer of authentication. As soon as that user gets to a certain spot, it's like, okay, these desktops are only available in these particular clouds. It's going to be policy-based. How do you redirect them to that new cloud? So it's, it's the intelligence of that uh, does make for a really good scenario. Now, uh, high availability and and those different pieces, those are things that are in question, but those are all solidifying as we speak. Um, but yeah, it's it will change the game. And then this next bullet talks about the end user piece of the story, which is basically you go here and it's all here. You don't care where it is. You don't care where it's where it's coming from. All you know is you go to this one app or this one URL and, and that's where all your work is. Exactly. And as soon as you you set that URL up and point it into the universal broker, it again authenticates the user. The user then gets determined, oh well, they're close to Amsterdam right now. So let's forward them over to Amsterdam. You know, they're traveling in Europe. They have their applications out there. They have their desktop out there. Uh, you can even set it up so that there's some folder redirection so that their data is available out there as well. Right. Uh, of course, you want data to follow the user as much as possible. Yeah. And then this comment about east-west traffic being eliminated between the different pods um, because, well, help me understand that. Well, mainly because you could see each pod as being so uh, siloed. Mm-hmm. And truly siloed in their own respects, they they operate independently, but they do have that image that's being placed out there and running from there. Now, when they leave that environment, they're going to you know maybe a a, a cloud a, a, a SaaS based service or maybe back to the central office for some information, but it really is self contained at each pod. Right. They don't have to talk to each other to get information from each other. I guess there's plenty of conversations at the architect level to figure out what to do about your client server apps and the server side of a client server app. But exactly, you guys are solving the uh, the client side, and then how those apps perform in that scenario will be you know to be determined per per application. Exactly. Now it could be that you set up a policy for certain applications and uh, certain desktop pools. If a user wants to get access to a particular application, we have a virtual desktop that sits right next to the database. So that client server situation, if you're going to be using this particular application and it needs to talk directly to that database, set up a policy and a virtual desktop that's gonna sit in the location that's right next to that database. Yeah. This, uh, this next one talks about the, what you mentioned a minute ago, which is the, the no longer need GSLB because yeah. uh, you've got this kind of spider webbing effect of this one point that you come into that then places you where you need to go. And if that place isn't available, then it has a 
the number two option that didn't didn't need to be globally served or load balanced. Yeah, exactly. It's it's all managed for you, so you don't have to do a lot of infrastructure overhead. Yeah. This uh, this next section of the article talks about how a universal broker and multi cloud assignments is kind of like the nirvana that's kind of been lurking out there. Which this is all coming together for me as we talk through it. Um, you know, it's always been interesting to say, well, you know, VMware has a hypervisor and that's a, a little bit of a competitive advantage, but, you know, nothing special. Now, when you start talking about uh, data centers that don't belong to you, that you are a subscriber of and a tenant of, but having this ubiquitous layer across all of them, uh, it goes back to my comment a while ago, there's, there's only a few players that are going to be able to even come close to that. And you're the only one that's got both the, uh, the brokering and desktop piece to ride on top of that uh, scenario where you own you know, the software layer in whatever data center, cloud data center. Yeah, it's a lot like what we've been trying to do with the VMC on AWS stuff. When I say trying, I mean, we have done it, but uh, VMC on AWS, uh, the the vSphere on Azure and so forth, yeah. Google Cloud, uh, v, uh, GCV, all of those different VMware engines, that, this, that was like, the first foray, and now we can see the same thing happening with the Horizon Cloud piece. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, making it more universal, making it uh, more of a one-stop shop, but it's because we had this really cute, big SaaS-based layer that's sitting out in the public cloud right now, handling a lot of these transactions coming in. So Eric, I have a couple questions for you. One, um, play devil's advocate here for you on you a little bit. Like, okay, so I've got this environment connected to my AWS world. I've got AWS tenants deployed in four different geographies where my business runs. Do I really need the ability to go between a bunch of different clouds or am I just good enough just living in the uh, redundancy world of AWS and the different regions where I've deployed? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you decide really your level of involvement. If you feel like you have a good relationship with your current public cloud and you just want to exist out there, yep. by all means. Uh, I, I think that, again, you said choose you, you choose your, your future. Uh, your future is determined exactly by how much it's going to cost to run the business uh, yep. through that cloud. So, yeah, you can live like that. <laughs> what, what what if I decided a while back that I was going to work with VMware on AWS and now I've decided, hey, I want to open up my options. Is there a transition path that gets me to the, the multi-cloud assignment world? Uh, if it, really it is, you look at your the way your infrastructure is built. Mm -hmm. uh, you look at your, your GSLB. If you do have global server load balancing, if you don't, then you're basically building from scratch, which actually is easier because you don't have existing infrastructure that you need to cut over on. But you start with one environment. Uh, you start with uh, one that's ha being handled by the universal broker. You can still point directly to the unified access gateways at the front of each of those different pods. Yeah. That you, you can authenticate that way. So start by initiating an initial uh, first cloud and then you can start adding multiple clouds to that universal brokering layer and uh, fill out the environment that way. But it's, it's read through the documentation, go to techzone.vmware.com as well. And there's a lot of the setup about how it works in there. Yeah. Well, I have to assume this is going to be one of the topics at VMworld uh, 21, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it'll be there. Uh, just it's that's free. So join us. And, uh, you know, 
leverage Zenchegra's link, I'm sure you'll put a link to to signing up in inside of this blog. Well, and, we need uh, to. Yeah, uh, we need to get that out on our website. We are working on. We actually got a T-shirt printed up today. It says uh, VMworld. Imagine that 21. So we're working on some something. Uh, my my gimmick there is been there, been there virtually, done that virtually, got the T-shirt for real. Uh, <laughs> we're working on a few things, but looking forward to it. And honestly, I got to be honest, this is this is the most compelling reason for me to want to sign up and attend. This to me is a, a pretty big deal. What you guys are announcing here, the ability to to broker, not only broker to all the different sites, but actually deploy images across the different public uh, clouds and do that from a central location. That's that's pretty powerful. Yeah, it, it's really, I'm glad to see it happening now. It's been a glimmer on the horizon for, oh gosh, uh, for a while now, but yes, it's now here. Well, Eric, I hate uh, Gabe couldn't join us for this one since it's his uh, his blog, but uh, definitely good content and I encourage people to, after listening to this, go out and, and read up and get registered for VMworld and and find out more around what you guys are doing. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me and uh, appreciate it, Andy. All right. Thanks, Eric. Have a good day.